Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. In a game in which the U.S. men's national team absolutely had to get a victory, they went into a frigid Minnesota stadium, one of the coldest soccer games in North American history. And they reached out and they pulled out a 3-0 victory. Absolutely everything they needed and everything came off tonight. It feels so good. Now, there's a lot to unpack here. We have some really interesting performances from a lot of interesting players. We got a goal from Christian Pulisic. We, I mean, we, we got set-piece goals. A lot happened tonight, uh, and I think we're going to get to all that and more on this episode of The Anchor Port. What's up? My name's Sam. This is a live episode of The Anchor Port. The comment section is going to be going, as always. Uh, so we're going to be recapping the U.S. Miss National Team versus Honduras game that just ended. Now, the first thing we have to talk about is the weather and you know I put out a tweet before this game win lose or draw this was a terrible decision by you uh, the United States Soccer Federation to put this game in Minnesota in February whenever we knew that this could potentially be the outcome and really endanger a lot of people I mean it endanger the athletes on the field but also all the support staff uh, all the broadcasting people the media all the fans all the police who had to be there all the medical staff everybody uh, got put in a tough position man and and I understand that there's been NFL games that have taken place in in temperatures like this, but U.S. soccer could have played this game anywhere, and and there's like stadiums within a 50-mile region that they could have put this game in and not endangered anybody, and in fact, uh, the U.S. would have, because the U.S. is the better team, it it would have been fine for the U.S. to play this anywhere. We would have had more of an advantage. We actually put ourselves at a disadvantage, endangering all these people, putting them in these conditions, but uh, thankfully, it looks like none of the players suffered any type of injuries, and so we we get the the win and we move on. Let's start with the lineups because I see a lot of folks in the comments section already talking about Luca De La Torre because of the night he had. Uh, we had Matt Turner starting in goal. We had uh, Reggie Cannon as the right back. Walker Zimmerman and Miles Robinson returned as the center backs. Jedi out on the left flank as the fullback. Kellen Acosta gets to start at the six. Luca De La Torre and Weston McKinney were the eights. Tim Weah, Ricardo Pepe, and Jordan Morris were the front line. And I, I think we started with Luca De La Torre because that's where, that's where everybody's talking about right now. And, and I'll say this. He had a really good game. He did a very good Eunice Musa impression where uh, he was able to take the ball from the defense and run straight at the, uh, at, at the offense for the attack. I think he's a little better than Eunice Musa in the final third, and there were some nice balls here and there, especially that last one to uh, Christian Pulisic. I will say this. I will say this, and I, I would say this for, for Luca De La Torre and for all the other players on the field tonight. Uh, that Honduras squad was not very good. It was not a very good team. Uh, that looked like the Harlem Globetrotters versus the Washington Generals. I mean, the U.S. had whatever they wanted. Anytime we put a set piece in, it, it looked like they weren't even competing for it. So Luca De La Torre was able to have acres of space. He was able to run with not a lot of interference in front of him. And whenever he was running upfield, uh, he had all the lanes open and all the players were wide open. So uh, as far as uh, as CONCACAF games go, this was one of the easiest ones to make your debut in that you, you, can, uh, you can imagine. The, the struggle with De La Torre is always going to be about his athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, how does he hold up? It, it, you know, if you're playing away in Jamaica, and we saw what happened with uh, Jean-Luc Abusio away in Jamaica, where the uh, the 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 um, the physicality of the game was a little bit too much for Jean-Luc Abusio. That's where 
that's where Yunus Musa shines because Yunus Musa is a is an athlete that can hold his, himself uh, on the field. He can chase down fast players. We saw against Canada, Yunus uh, Musa was all over the place defending. I don't know if Luca Della Torre can do that. I don't know that he can't, but I I don't know that he can, and that's going to be the test for Luca Della Torre going forward. But certainly, if you consider the eight pool that we have, uh, and, and considering Sebastian Legette was getting minutes uh, in the beginning of World Cup qualifiers, I certainly think Luca Della Torre is a better player than Sebastian Legette. I think he proved that tonight. Uh, I think he certainly uh, is is the third, if not fourth, eight uh, on this team, and and I think he got the debut that everybody wanted to see. So really exciting from Luca Del Torre. Before we go any further, guys, I got to run an ad. So we will be back in 40 seconds on the other side of this break. And now a word from today's sponsor, Bet Online. would like to wish you a happy betting new year as we continue our march towards the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all betting action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get started. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and of course, soccer, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. I got I to gotta feature this comment from Brent here who says, say his name right. His name is Luca De La Sexy Baby. Uh, so I think that sort of sums up how the fan base is feeling uh, about Luca's performance on the night. Uh, Dakota Young says, Luca has to be on the roster for every camp. He brings energy that other bench eights don't. Uh, and I think uh, I know who you're referring to whenever you say that. And, and yeah. Yeah, I think Luca Della Torre uh, has shown enough that he deserves to be uh, at least on that March roster, uh, unless some other uh, amazing eight just falls out of the sky for the U.S. Uh, he, he certainly deserves. I, I I would love to see him mix moving forward. I, I think he does a lot of the stuff that Yunus Musa does for this team, uh, so it, he he kind of fits in well. Uh, but boy, what a great night! What a great night! Brandon Maston says Morris was fine tonight. But I just think it further shows how players like Conrad and Hoppy need to be brought in over him. Uh, I would say, I mean, maybe, maybe. I, I thought Jordan Morris was great, actually. I, I was um, great. I say great, not so much in his uh, quality, but in the way that he uh, fit the system, which allowed things to happen for other players, uh, if that makes sense to you guys. I thought that... Uh, his 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 vertical runs and the way that he chased down balls, especially early on, we saw Kellen Acosta play some long balls over the top for him. Uh, it, it just it allowed the whole system to function and, and allowed breathing room. And I also appreciated the way that he kind of counterpressed and he was in the mix uh, a lot um, early on in the game uh, until he was pulled off. Really, uh, he he's uh, out of form right now. He hasn't played a, a professional match in, in a really long time. So uh, Jordan Morris, once he gets back into MLS is going to be a, a really tough player to keep off this roster. I mean, we've seen uh, the quality they, that he's brought to the national team um, over the years. Now, that being said, if, if Conrad De La Fuente can up his game, uh, why not bring Conrad De La Fuente uh, into the mix if he can do it? It's just a matter of, for De La Fuente, he's got to be uh, getting regular minutes for his club team. We haven't quite seen that yet. Uh, same goes for uh, Matthew Hoppe. Uh, Manuel Oliveras, uh, the Tier 2 member of the Yank Report, been a longtime member of the Yank Report, as you guys can tell by his green flair, uh, says, we are here, bro. Good to see you. Uh, 
Kicking it with Drew. Shout out Kicking it with Drew. Glad Pulisic got a goal today. Hopefully it helps boost his form going forward. And man, you know, the thing about Christian Pulisic is we've been, we, we haven't seen the explosiveness. We haven't seen him beat players one-on-one. -on -one. We haven't seen him, the, the confidence for him uh, to take players on, not just with the national team, but with Chelsea as well. But we have, what we have seen from him is his finishing is the best on the team. We've seen him he had a goal recently for Chelsea with a quality finish. And then tonight, uh, the ball gets on his foot and he puts it in the back of the net. He had that second one uh, that was called back by the Aronson offsides. But uh, the thing is, if you get the guy in a dangerous situation in front of goal, he can put it in the back of the net. Uh, and and I, I think that there's, there's just no denying that at this point. Let's take a few more questions before we jump back in because I want to go over some of the goal sequences. Dakota Young says, Weah is such a key to this team too. His speed is a weapon. Gotta give credit to Acosta too. I think he is growing on all of us. We need to find a nine and figure out who the CBs are. Yeah, Weah has absolutely been the best player for the national team probably in the last two windows. Uh, the most dangerous player we saw time and time and time again tonight uh, when Weah was in a one-on-one -on -one situation, he could get to the in line whenever he wanted. Uh, uh, he was incredibly dangerous in the box. His his movement in behind of the back line is just tremendous. Uh, it fits the system so well. It fits just everything. The, the team just looks better whenever Way is on the field. Contrast that with the Canada game, where I think I saw a stat, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I saw a stat that said uh, the U.S. didn't win a single one-on-one -on -one matchup uh, against Canada. Nobody beat a player against Canada. Uh, Tim Weah just beats everybody that was in front of him tonight so uh it great performance for him yeah i think we still got to figure out who that nine is hopefully it's ricardo pepe hopefully he gets back to his club uh at Osberg and just kind of hits the ground running there uh as we head into the march window maybe josh Sargent uh after his two goal uh game for norwich in, in the last game before the uh the window maybe he carries on and, and and gets back into the mix there's every possibility there uh but yeah i, I think having a uh a nine is going to just change the way this team is able to perform guys let's talk about the goals let's talk about the goals because oh my I, I was so tense I was so tense not just before the game but like since the Canada game I've been so incredibly tense because just how important this game is and whatever that ball hit the back of the net off of Weston McKinney's head I felt like a like a sunny side up egg being cracked, like like the yolk being cracked on like a Sunday morning breakfast and like the, the yolk just oozing everywhere. That was the pressure being released from my body. Yeah, it was a long time coming. So in the 36th minute, uh, Kellen Acosta delivers a set piece to the near post. Morris redirects it into the mixer. Uh, no, that's the that's the second goal, right? Zimmerman finds it at his feet and puts it into the back of the net. Yeah, that's the second goal. The first goal was at 7 minutes and 30 seconds. Acosta delivers a set piece to the near post. McKinney finds it and heads it in. McKinney has been deadly on set pieces for a long time. We've seen it at Juventus. He's been getting his head on everything lately. Uh, in the Canada game, it didn't find its way in the back of the net, but this one it did, and we needed it so badly. Uh, this goal was important for a lot of reasons. I mean, first of all, uh, it really took the monkey off the backs of, I think, not just the players, but I think the stadium woke up after this. Uh, but, but I think, secondly, and maybe more importantly, it was... Kellen Acosta's delivery on set pieces tonight was just incredible. It's phenomenal. Um, maybe I'm being um, a, a little bit hyperbolic here, but I think considering how bad it's been lately, uh, it's 
to see someone put the the ball in a dangerous position every single set piece, to put it on the head of the player who it's being directed towards on every single set piece, just changed everything for the U.S. We were able to score uh, two goals in fairly quick succession in the first half because we were able to get dangerous set pieces in. And look, Kelly Acosta, I thought, had a really good game for the U.S. Now, I'll put the same caveat that I put on Luca De La Torre. It wasn't like we were facing Canada, who has uh, phenomenal athletes in transition. Honduras hardly... attacked us at all so uh Kellen Acosta really had he was like a center fielder back there all alone just able to pick passes right and left but I I appreciate uh his energy and his willingness to play forward in a lot of occasions and of course his set piece delivery is absolutely tremendous now moving forward if Kellen Acosta is not going to be the uh the the on the field uh can we get that from Gio Reyna can we get that from Pulisic can we get that from somebody else either way we see what set pieces can do for this squad guys we have 72 people watching right now so make sure you're hitting that like button hit subscribe if you haven't subscribed all that good stuff just a tremendous night for um for for uh Weston McKinney and uh just when that goal hit the back of the net, I think I speak for everyone. Whatever I say, just like, whew, that was a relief. Let's get to Dismissed, who says, I would say the only problem with Luca this game was that he didn't use speed to get himself or others quick opportunities in the final third that Honduras could have allowed by. Now, the the big uh the, the, the big thing against Luca De La Torre is his athleticism, is his speed. He's not a very quick guy. Uh, he was originally a winger out at Fulham, uh, and he just doesn't, he's not, he, he's not a physically gifted player. Um, that's, that's just not who he is structurally. Uh, so yeah, that d- defending an open space and, 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 and running up the field are, are always going to be just limitations from, uh, De La Torre. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see Delatore against a, a better uh, team moving forward to kind of see how um, how what what his ceiling can be within this national team. Uh, and I think we'll get opportunities. I think after the next window, uh, if the U.S. qualifies, which we're a lot closer to doing now than we were before this game, uh, we'll be able to get. I think we'll be able to take on some uh, some tough tougher competition and kind of see where these guys stand uh, in that regard. Manuel Oliveira says, thoughts on Acosta and set pieces. Way better service than previous games. Yeah, I, I, I was just talking about it. I mean, the set pieces all night, both his corner kicks and his set pieces were tremendous and were a huge asset for the U.S. men's national team tonight. Let's talk about the second goal in the 36th minute. Uh, Acosta delivers a set piece to the near post this time. It was like the flip side of the field, but he put the set piece in the exact same position. Um Morris redirects it back into the mixer. Zimmerman finds it at his feet and passes it into the back of the net. Uh, another moment, you know, I, I was kind of singing Morris's praises earlier, and the thing that Morris gives you, uh, of course he doesn't have the ability of uh, Christian Pulisic or Tim Way or, or guys like that, but he is an older player. He's a veteran player, and he fights, man. He fights so much, and this goal was a result of Jordan Morris kind of fighting and, like, winning a ball that maybe he shouldn't have won. Uh, so he, he gets to the uh, front post before for the opposition and and is able to win it back into the mixer and it somehow finds its way to uh to to Zimmerman's feet and he's able to put into the back of the net it's two nothing U.S. and we finally get those sought after early goals we go into halftime uh with the lead and it's just smooth sailing for there Whew, that that was such a nice moment. I, I think I think that was the moment where like all the blood returned to my body that had been missing for a few days and I was finally able to breathe. It felt like walking out of a massage or something like that. <sighs> wonderful, wonderful. 
Wonderful from the U.S. Alexandro Sandoval says, worried about Pepe? I'm not worried yet, man. I'm not worried. He's a 19-year-old player. He just moved to a new club. Uh, he, he's going to need some time before he can settle in. And, and there's not a lot of... Uh, of super reliable 19-year-old strikers out there in the world. He's going to take some time before he uh, before he becomes the player that he's eventually going to be. Uh, so we'll see with, with Pepe. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not worried about him yet. And, and I think we do have some players out there who are in positions that, that can uh, contribute to this team. I think uh, when DK returns to injury, I don't know what the timetable of his injury is, if he'll be available by the March qualifiers, but you know, DK's an option. Josh Sargent just scored some goals. Maybe he can get back on his feet. Uh, so, so we'll see what happens there. <clears throat> Let's get some more comments. Jake says, service was great. I really like Acosta, despite being 50-50 on his skills. That said, if the opponent isn't guarding the near post, a set piece is much simpler. Um, I I mean, part of it is is the opponent not guarding the near... I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I can even say that. I, I've seen in the previous games, like the games against Canada, players were making runs into that position. It's just we couldn't hit them with the set pieces. I mean, we, we couldn't get over the first defender uh Acosta was nailing the spot every night he was putting it right on their heads we've got some really really good players in the air um uh, Walker Zimmerman Miles Robinson Weston McKinney are absolute animals in the air uh if you can put it in their general vicinity they can do something with it it's just been how do you get it in their general vicinity lately that's been the issue and and boy you saw what happens whenever you put it on these guys heads Manuel Oliveira says do we need to call PFOC instead of DK or uh, Ferreira and Zardes. Well, I would say first of all, I would say I I liked Ferreira, especially in that uh, in the first game whenever he started. I thought he he did some really nice things. I think he's a really good player. Uh, I I and I think Burhalter likes him, and I think he works well in the system. And I think you know if he gets more time and opportunity on the field, he's a really good. He's a tidy tidy player. Uh, we'll we'll see how that actually uh, contributes to uh, to whether or not he can start scoring goals for the national team. I think we'll all think back to that uh, missed opportunity against El Salvador and hold that against him for a long time, but I don't think that that's really fair. Uh, everybody misses chances here or there. Uh, but as far as PFOC, I don't know. Uh, Greg Berhalter did, just seems to not really like PFOC. Uh, PFOC is not a um, super dynamic player. Uh, PFOC is a player that is going to be a target forward. Uh, he's going to win balls in the air, but he's not going to contribute a lot to the possession game. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of dynamic runs in behind or anything like that. He pretty much just stays uh, up against the two center backs, and, and that's not really what Greg's looking for in his offense. Uh, there's been a lot of rumors about PFOC potentially transferring in this, in this window. I know that there was a rumor connecting him to Venezia, but then that went away. Uh, so maybe he gets a move or something like that. But uh, as of right now, it does not look like PFOC is someone uh, Greg wants to bring around into this national team. <clears throat> yeah, a lot, a lot of love for uh, Acosta on the set pieces and deservedly so in this game. Uh, Gabriel Gonzalez says, how about Gio at striker? He finishes great at Dortmund. I don't know. Everybody wants Gio to play every position on the field and probably for good reason. I mean, what a tremendous player. Uh, potentially could be the best player on this national team in, in short order. Uh, but as of right now, we just need to get Gio fit and back in the mix, and then we can kind of figure out where he's going to go from there. I think 
I think we covered the part one, the most important parts of this game, and now we're ready to move on to part two. And part two is going to be about the golden boy, about the guy who we've been talking about throughout this window, about the player that came on in the 65th minute and got himself a goal and, and really seemed to look like he was having fun for the first time in a while on the soccer field, and that's Christian Pulisic. Pulisic came in in the 65th for Jordan Morris, and I think we saw a Christian Pulisic that, you know, st he's still not that player that was blowing by players early on in his career, but, you know, he was taking players on. He beat a guy down the sideline, and, of course, he got himself in the box for that opportunity on goal, and, and he puts it away. Um, so excited that Pulisic was able to get himself that goal. Hopefully that goal gets him some confidence moving forward uh, as he heads back to Chelsea and into his discombobulated club situation, uh, the, the will-he-won't-he transfer saga over at Chelsea. Uh, so hopefully he can carry that with him and we can start to see that Christian Pulisic that that just electrified uh, and, and basically carried che uh, Chelsea to a Champions League um, in, in the uh, Project Restart over in the EPL not too long ago. If we can get that guy on this national team, I think that that changes so much. I think that so much of the conversation is, is changed at this point. S27 says... Pulisic was good tonight. Maybe I should have just said that instead of all the other stuff that I said about Pulisic. I think S27 kind of just like cut right through and nailed it. Uh, yeah, and, and, and then we saw it on that second goal, man, or, or this, the, the goal that was taken away from Pulisic where he was just a fox in the box and just was in the right place at the right time. And, you know, th there's, there's moments there where uh, players had the ball at their feet in that position and they don't put it away, and we saw that tonight. I mean, Ferreira had an opportunity at that. I forgot who took the original shot. Uh, on that, I, I actually didn't even write it down since it was offsides and ruled out. But uh, you know, it hits Pulisic's foot and it hits the back of the net. That's the, that's the player that he is. That's the quality that he has, uh, and, and that's why he he gets so much camera time. I don't know if anybody you notice, uh, but Pulisic did shave his beard. That has been quite you know, Pulisic's facial hair is is a big deal on the internet, and and uh, maybe. Maybe by shaving his beard, he uh, unlocked the spirit within him that was necessary to score that goal. I, I think he did have a beard whenever he scored the goal against Mexico, uh, but this is something that I think we're going to need to further investigate, and we'll see how uh, this now uh, cleanly shaved Pulisic uh, operates as he gets back to the Premier League. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, we're having some pot two discussions. I, I believe we can get pot two. And, and if you guys don't know what we're what pot two is referring to, uh, in World Cup qualification or in in World Cup, once you qualify, they they determine uh, what um, what group you're in uh, based on what they call pots. Uh, and I believe it's the top eight teams are in pot one, or maybe it's the top top eight. I I don't know exactly how they handle it with the host nation. I know the host nation is an automatic, so I don't know exactly how they qualify. But anyway, based on your FIFA rankings, determines in what pot you are going to be in. Uh, so they do that to where they don't have like the uh, like the top eight teams all in this or the top four teams all in the same group. Uh, and it's looking like based on the uh, FIFA rankings, the U.S. could be a uh, pot two team. Uh, now, a, a lot can can happen for this. It, it, it's it's really difficult for a CONCACAF team to rise too high because of the quality of competition that we play. Uh, it, like Playing against Honduras is not going to help you out too much in the FIFA rankings. Uh, on the flip side, if you happen to play, uh, if you happen to be a European team, if you do really well in Europe, 
it because you're playing against such good competition. You're able to climb really high in the FIFA rankings uh, like that. So it's looking like the U.S. could be a pot two team, maybe pot three. It's going to depend a lot on uh, friendlies as we move towards the World Cup. Uh, it, I, I would imagine that the U.S., if they qualify in this next window, are going to start to schedule a lot of friendlies with as many uh, quality, powerful teams from around the world as possible. And if they can get some good results in those games, then they can potentially uh, keep that pot too. Uh, I, I doubt we fall any further than pot three. I think we're pretty we're pretty high up right now. We're like 11th in the world or something like that. So we're pretty uh, solidly in pot two. Uh, but yeah, being a pot two team is going to help you out a lot because that means there's only one really good team in the group uh, besides you. Uh, so that's, that's an important thing uh, heading into World Cup qualifying or heading into the actual World Cup. A few more questions here, guys. Uh, Hudson says, just got in. Have you talked about Luca De La Torre yet? The guy was exactly who we wanted him to be. Hudson, yes, but most of this video has been discussing Luca De La Torre. And I'll, I'll kind of reiterate for you. Uh, he played really well. We were playing against the worst team in CONCACAF. It looked like the Harlem Globetrotters against the Washington Generals. So he played really well, but let's see how he plays whenever we get gets tougher competition that's kind of what I'm worried about <clears throat> and yeah I, I think if we think about the mood that we had coming into this game and it was just darkness and Burhalter out and you know all that I, I think it's worth it to revisit that after this game um a lot of the of the issues that the team has did not just go away tonight, right? A, a lot of the structural issues and a lot of like uh, breaking down a low block and 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 losing to Canada, like that just doesn't magically disappear because you beat because uh, you beat Honduras at home in, in an ice box. Uh, these are still things that the U.S. is going to have to work out, and I think we made it a lot harder on ourselves in this window playing in these really cold games because. It looked like, especially in that Canada game, uh, those long balls were real hard to hit, and we didn't even see, we didn't see many long balls tonight. I mean, there was one nice ball from Acosta over the top, uh, but I think that those long balls are really important for this uh, for this offense. Those those switches of play, uh, because often you know we're trying to unbalance the opponent through positional play, so that means creating overloads on one side of the field, quickly moving it to the other side of the field, and attack that space. Uh, that the that the defense has given up, and if you can't hit a long switch and quickly move the ball to the other side of the field and uh, exploit the space that you've created through your positional overloads, then your whole offense has fallen apart. And I think we saw a lot of that against Canada because we're not able to move the ball quickly. Now, did that go away tonight? Absolutely not. We we didn't see many switches tonight. I didn't see a whole lot of the system tonight. Uh, we didn't really need that. We had a much better team. We had much better athletes, and we kind of just overwhelmed them. Uh, we saw a lot of uh, like hit it long and let Jordan Morris go chase it down, or let Ricardo Pepe just kind of uh, uh, go at the, the the center backs and win the second ball. And boy, whenever. That second ball would pop free, and it would go to McKinney or Delatore, and there was just nobody around them. I mean, that's something, that's something you don't see a lot in, in international soccer at this level. Uh, but yeah, it's it's something that we still got to figure out as we move forward as a national team. I, I think the problems that we saw against Canada aren't just going to go away overnight. Uh, the question is, 
what's the best way to move forward? Uh, can that system work? And and I think the, the question that I've seen a lot of people ask, and I think it's a really good question, is why isn't there a plan B? What is the plan B? If we end up in a situation like we were against Canada where plan A was just not working, are we really just going to jam plan A down our, our own throats until um, – until, we lose essentially, or, or are we going to able to figure out something else that's going to work? Um, if, if a team is, is able to, to stifle our positional play, uh, Isco, uh, I wonder if this is Isco, the great Spanish soccer player. Isco donates a dollar 99 and says team needs the best. Burr starts Morris. I mean, Isco, to be fair, Morris had a good game. I mean, the reality is this Honduras team was not very good. And, uh, anybody that, uh, Greg Berhalter started any lineup that he would have picked would have been a superior lineup to this Honduras side. Uh, I, I don't know the situation with uh, uh, with Pulisic or with Aronson or, or those guys. Maybe they were tired. Maybe they picked up Knox. I, I don't know. Maybe they weren't 90 minutes fit and Morris was. Either way, I thought Morris did the job and he was effective. And yeah, uh, I, I that I, I don't really see a, a reason to criticize the lineup tonight. GTM9164 says, Musa definitely the guy for me. So much more upside with him, in my opinion. But Delatore is the best sub, in my opinion. I You guys you guys have quickly, quickly moved on for Jean-Luc Cabusio. And Jean-Luc Cabusio is is my favorite. Um, and and I I don't know, man. Uh, Delatore, what is he, 23, 24 years old, something like that? He's playing at a fairly low-level uh, squad in the Dutch League. And compare that to uh, Jean-Luc Cabusio, who at 19, 19, 20, 19? I think he's 19 19 is is uh boss in the midfield for venezia uh, in the syria i i think busio has a tremendous upside and i i wonder um uh, how much better he can get in the months leading up to the world cup prior to this window uh it seemed like busio was going to be that third uh eight uh it looked like it was uh Yunus musa one weston mckinney Yunus Musa and Wesson McKinney were the starters, and Busio was that third guy. Uh, I don't know if if uh, Delatore has since jumped over Busio because of his performance in this game. I have a feeling he hasn't. I, I don't think it was a big enough sample size uh, to really say that. Uh, but I do think that John Luca Busio is definitely still in the mix. Uh, Supreme J says Busio chemistry just hasn't shown with the national team. Guys, we got to consider the quality of the opponents in these games. Jean-Luc Abusio started a game against a very strong, uh, very physically strong, very game Jamaica side. And, I mean, they flat out beat us up in this in that game. Uh, compare that to this Honduras side that we saw tonight. And it was just a different game. I mean, Jean-Luc Abusio is has acres of space and is able to pick out passes and just, like, not be contested and not have to worry about defending like uh, like De La Torre did tonight, I think he would have a good game himself. I, I think anybody, any midfielder, would have had a good game tonight. I mean, the 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 lanes were so big, there was just so little um, defense. It, it just wasn't it wasn't an issue. Uh, so. I, I we gotta consider the quality of the competition. I I, I think that Delatore is a, a a great player. I think he's in the mix. I think he's one of the four midfielders right now. But we gotta consider the competition. It, if he has the same game that he had tonight in the Azteca in the next World Cup qualifier, if he does it against Panama in the next um in the next window, then now we got something. Now we got something. Now we're excited. Uh, but but as far as like as far as this Honduras team, I mean. Acosta had a fantastic game, and I'm not about to say that Acosta is like some great 
midfield maestro. I mean, Acosta had a really good ball over the back uh, over the back line to Wea, uh, or, or probably the best pass of the night. Uh, Acosta was uh, fitting in passes all over the place, but he's playing against Honduras. He didn't have a lot of pressure on him. Uh, we, we got to consider the uh, opposition whenever we're talking about this. Let's see. Let's let's answer a few more questions before we uh, we head on out. Uh, let's see. S27 says not many Madrid players on the U.S. men's national team, and that's a shame. We need to change that. Uh, I think that I think that Ricardo Pepe said that uh, his goal is to play for Real Madrid. So potentially, uh, maybe in in a few years, maybe whenever we head to that 2026 World Cup, we'll have a Madrid player on the U.S. men's national team. <clears throat> Connor McCabe comes in, says, hello, Sam. Much better performance tonight. Agreed, Connor. Agreed. Once again, consider the, the opponent. Consider the, uh, the, the opposition. Um, Honduras just, I, I mean, that was one of the most lax defensive performances that I've seen uh, and for a national team in a competitive match. I mean, that was borderline, like, do you guys remember whenever the U.S. played Cuba? Like, that's what it looked like. Uh, I remember when the U.S. played Cuba was uh, the game where Jackson Ewell was tremendous. And that was the game where everybody thought Jackson Ewell was going to be this uh, this great deep-lying playmaker for the national team because he had so much time and space to hit balls, and his balls over the top weren't very contested. Uh, so Jackson Ewell got a lot of eaten off of that game against uh, Cuba. Now, can... Luca De La Torre do that as the competition improves. Can he do that if he's having to chase down uh, Jonathan David or, or Alfonso Davies in the channel? I, I don't know. Can he do that if, if someone from Jamaica is putting a forearm in the back of his head every time he goes up for a corner? You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We don't have much World Cup qualifying left. We got, uh, we got three games left, and, uh, and we'll see from there. Uh, Grant... Grant... E. Grant E. Grant E says, Sam, stop with the reasonable takes and give in to some sensationalism. And yeah, I, I understand uh, this is a ridiculous time to be reasonable. The U.S. just won a game that they absolutely had to win. A game that, that really uh, keeps the, the, the World Cup hopes, uh, the, the flames alive. I mean, even if they would have lost tonight, they still would have had an opportunity to qualify, but this keeps it in our hands and we absolutely needed it. And if we would have lost this game, it would have been a really, really dark month of February as we waited around for those World Cup qualifiers in March. Uh, so we needed this badly and we really should be celebrating and talking about all of our players as if they're all uh, heading to Real Madrid. But uh, yeah, it, it's tough for me to... Uh, to to be reason to, to not be reasonable. That's kind of just how my brain is wired. Uh, as George Captain Captain Mute Mutato guys, I get criticized all the time in the comments section for not being able to pronounce names of players, for mispronouncing team names, for mis mispronouncing everything. I can't even read your names. I can't read your names. I don't know how I should be expected to pronounce anything correctly. Uh, reading is, um, I can read pretty well if they're words that I'm familiar with, but uh, Captain Mutato, Mutato says, as George St. Pierre famously said, congratulations on your victory, but I am not impressed by your performance. I remember that. <laughs> I'll watch that. Who did he say that to? Who did he say that to? Was it Anderson Silva? I don't remember. <laughs> I'm not impressed by your performance. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, we got to take this game with a grain of salt, guys. Really excited, but it's not like it's not like suddenly uh, Greg's offense works really well. So all of our problems are are are, are answered. Polisic's back in the mix. You know, like this this was a really bad Honduras team that we beat. We needed to beat them. We needed to beat them decisively. We did. We didn't allow any opportunities from Honduras. I think that the possession was over seventy percent for the U.S. We had chance after chance, and, and we put them in the back of the net. Uh, we did not need a star, a, a team full of European stars in order to win that game. We could have beaten that team with, uh, I mean, pick anybody off off the roster, and we could have beat that team. We, we had a, a competitive advantage there. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it was an important win for us, but we got to consider the opposition and not be crowning any players off of this game. Matt Reynolds, Matthew Reynolds says, don't come to the channel if you don't want reasonable. There are other, you, you, we, don't, we don't need to insult other YouTubers here. This is, that's not what this is about. That's not what we're doing here, Matt Reynolds. Shout out Matt Reynolds. Always has really good comments in the comment section. Let's see. Joe Crusher, longtime Yank Report commenter says, Canada was like watching a car crash in slow motion. The game was like watching puppies get, this game was like watching puppies get adopted. Felt good. Yeah, you're right, man. That Canada game, I kind of remarked in the 60th minute that like, that the, this Honduras game felt like it went by like that. That Canada game took four hours. That Canada game took forever. It was so slow. The game felt as slow as, as our offense did. And I'm watching Mexico has a chance. Oh! Oh, I thought Mexico was going to put one in there. Jimenez had a nice ball in behind. I thought I thought he was going to get it. We really need Panama to lose tonight. Uh, by the way, guys, if you're uh, if you're looking for a little bit more soccer tonight on Paramount Plus, you can watch uh, Mexico El Tri take on Panama. The canal, what are they called? The, the canal men, canalteros, something like that. And uh, we really need Mexico to win. If Mexico wins, then that's basically a six-point cushion that the U.S. just got over Panama. Now, Costa Rica is, is still hanging around. Costa Rica is making things complicated. Uh, but at the moment, um, the U.S. is sitting in high cotton. And, and if Mexico can, can win this game, then, uh, then, then we're going to be in real good shape as we head into that next window. Let's see what, uh, what Jake has to say. Yeah, Matthew, it comes down to style. I'm highly suspect of these high back lines versus top teams in Qatar. First of all, I'm a little upset that Matthew in the comment section is taking all the shine off of me. You guys are commenting on Matthew. That's the kind of takes that he brings. He brings really good content, and apparently his content is more interesting than my content. So y'all are addressing Matthew. But anyway, uh, uh, I, I mean, the high back line is not necessarily a terrible thing. A lot of teams around the world run high back lines, especially whenever you consider that you have a center back like Miles Robinson. You have Tyler Adams. Uh, even uh, Walker Zimmerman's pretty uh, fleet to foot uh, compared to somebody like John Brooks who like they say on the scuff podcast is a battleship he's uh, doesn't move around too quickly so if you have athletic defenders uh, a high line is not the worst thing in the world and, and if you think about this national team the way it's built uh, we've got so much athleticism across the board uh, that it really is um, conducive to play a, a high back line with a lot of press and I think that's another point that a lot of people have been making that's important to think about. Uh, you know, I, I saw so many bad takes after that Canada loss um, about how 
you know, if you can't beat Canada, how can you do well at the World Cup? Well, the World Cup's going to be totally different than CONCACAF qualifying. I mean, we just talked about, if you guys missed it, we talked about the pot system and how that works and how teams are going to be selected. Uh, if the U.S. happens to be a pot two team, uh, that means we're going to be playing against a pot one team, a pot three team, and a pot four team. Maybe the pot four team bunkers and sits back. Maybe the pot three team does, but though it's not likely, they'll probably come out and play us. But in most situations, it's going to be an open game in the World Cup, and it's going to allow our athletes, who are incredible in the press, to uh, to win balls upfield and go direct to the defense. We haven't been able to do that at all in World Cup qualifying, aside from against Mexico, and we saw how well we played against Mexico. If we're able to do that against over 90 minutes, I think we'll, we'll be able to get some results against some teams that you guys aren't expecting us to get results from, considering that we're playing poorly against these teams in CONCACAF, that bunker, and it's it's... You know, breaking down that low block has been proven to be very difficult for us. But in a more open game, this is going to be a this is going to be a fun team to watch. This is going to be a fun team to watch. Let's see what uh, Mitchell Steele says. Hello, I'm from Saskatchewan. That's cool. Good for you. Good for you. That's what I'm talking about. Matthew Reynolds says, Zimmerman for me is the standout at center back. Richards is young and looks it. Robinson is young and looks it. Miazga keeps getting making bonehead mistakes like he's 18. Brooks can't go forward at all. Uh, the Zimmerman's been really good. I, I think Miles Robinson has been really good too, aside from that play against Canada. I don't want to put too much stock in one bad play. I mean, center backs... You know, it, it, it's that position where, you know, if you make one mistake, then then suddenly the ball's in the back of the net and, and everybody's looking at you. Uh, I, I do think that Zimmerman has been really good, particularly in the air. And in a game, and especially in CONCACAF, whenever you're having a lot of teams play long, uh, and Zimmerman can just win everything in the air and be dominant like that, uh, tremendous player to have back there. If you're playing a more open game, uh, that's going to be the question for Zimmerman if he can defend in space. We've seen Miles Robinson defend in space really, really well. Um, yeah, I, I wonder if uh, I wonder if uh, if Walker Zimmerman gets some interest from overseas. Everybody else has been getting interest from overseas. I, I know he's a little bit older, uh, but older relative to national team age is not older relative to the rest of the international soccer world. So. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's uh, why not? Why not Walker Zimmerman? He's been really good. Mitchell Steele says, and Mitchell Steele, all caps, unnecessary, bro, unnecessary. Nobody else is doing all caps. We don't have to do that. We can, you know, we can we can allow allow our capital letters to uh to to um to function for us, you know, in the sentence. If you want to emphasize something, go ahead. But it, whenever we go all caps. It's just, uh, it feels like I'm under attack. Mitchell says, it's negative 10 degrees in Saskatchewan. I'm mental condition of letting you know. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate that report from Saskatchewan. Uh, yeah, uh, guys, I, I think we're about to wrap it up. We're getting, uh, we're getting some weird, weird Saskatchewan takes that I don't think anybody wants or needs right now. Uh, I'd like to jump into uh, this Mexico versus Panama game and really watch that. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. I mean, what a relief. What a happier, happier comment section. Just a happier, it's going to be a happier week. I'm going to sleep really well. I think all of you will too. What a nice time. Uh, a great game from the U.S. just to wrap it up. In, in frigid temperatures, whenever the backs were against the wall, they came out and they took care of business. Uh, they, they got the result that they needed, and we're in position to qualify for this World Cup 
if they can beat the canal men in the next window and, and maybe maybe they'll need another result here and there but I, I think beating Panama will be uh, what we need to get the job done and once we uh, once we get it done then we can start thinking about the World Cup filmed on an Android what Colo yeah I see my um I see my my little connection emblem is showing that I have a poor connection right now so it's probably messing up my video I, I promise you this is not an Android that I'm filming on all right guys y'all have a good night thank you for coming out uh, if you haven't yet hit that like button if you want to subscribe to the channel you can do that uh, I'll be releasing I have uh, behind the scenes content for members uh, I have some some other videos that I just don't think I need to release out to everyone in the member section. So there's some cool stuff in the member section. Shout out to uh, Mike Irish and Manuel Alivetis for being my tier two members. Manuel was in the comment section tonight. So always good to hear from him. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching. Si puede hablar español. Dígame un comentario en español. For everyone out there watching tonight, my name is Sam, and this has been the Yank Report. Let me hit that in broad. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.